Welcome to Funding Quest. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and I'm joined once more with Nathan Gwilliam. He's here to continue his conversation from last time and give some more specific advice on how a business owner can leverage the tectonic shifts he described in our previous episode. Nathan will also outline what he calls the credibility framework, which allows businesses to achieve the credibility that is crucial to growing one's customer base these days. So curious here, you've mentioned these top three tectonic shifts uh, that are all kind of related to, to credibility marketing or part, part of. Um, so how do you leverage these? That is a great question. So that is actually why we built Show Platform. When we explain these three tectonic shifts, they, they understand them, they get them, they see the need for this. But a lot of them didn't have the resources to be able to implement them. They needed help executing them. So that's, that's what we tried to do. That's what we've, we've been working on for the last two years. Show Platform is the software that helps entrepreneurs execute these three tectonic shifts. It lets them have an online show, which is number three. It lets them uh, have a platform they own, build their email list, build their own show, et cetera. And it allows them to leverage credibility marketing. If you go to that credibility marketing framework that we were talking about before, having a show helps you and, and using show platform helps you achieve almost every single element of that credibility marketing framework. For example, speaking at events is one of the elements of the credibility marketing framework. And the best way to speak at an event is to have a show because if you have a show in the industry and the industry's you know, event um, is looking for guests, they want to invite you because you're going to be, if you're a speaker, you're going to be promoting their event to the industry. It'll bring followers to their event um, and, and you bring credibility to their event by speaking. So the best way to be a speaker is have a great show. Well, that and having a book, but another a great example would, would be influencer marketing. Every CEO I talk to wants to do influencer marketing, but they all, most of them take the same approach of uh, trying to contact a bunch of influencers and asking them to, to do marketing for them. They're, that's kind of like seeing a pretty girl at a, at a dance when you're single, right? And asking her to marry you, right? You haven't taken the time to build the relationship and the credibility before before you uh, asked her to marry you. And so the same thing is true with influencers. They get approached by so many different people wanting to work with them. And so the best way to work with influencers is to have a show. And you go and invite those influencers on your show. You promote whatever it is they care about. You, you give them value first. You get them to know you and like you and trust you. And then you try to establish win-win relationships going forward. So if you look at this credibility marketing framework, the running a show unlocks the ability to implement the credibility marketing framework in your business. Excellent. Excellent. So one thought I also wanted to ask you about is certainly not, not every tectonic shift makes sense for every business owner. So what do you suggest a business owner should do to try to determine, well, which of these should I be developing? right? Most applicable or most valuable to, to my business. That's right. That, that is a really good question. And I'll give you a great example of, of that. Um, I did a lot of consulting work for David Nealman, who did Azul Airlines. And 
and when I when I was developing his initial this initial strategy at the beginning, um, Orkut was the leading social network in Brazil. Orkut dominated, and Facebook was just a teeny little player, and they had just gone into into Brazil. And and so as we were analyzing the tectonic shift there, we believed that Orkut was going to decline. And we believed that Facebook was going to become the dominant social player in Brazil. So even though Orkut owned the social space, we put almost no effort and no budget into Orkut. And we put almost all of our effort into Facebook, almost all of our social marketing budget into Facebook. And by, by doing that, we rode Facebook to success. There was a point where where half of the Facebook followers in Brazil were following Azul Airlines. And, and, and we, we rode that tectonic shift. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a wave, right? You, the wave is going to go to shore, whether or not you're on it. If you can just get up on the wave, you're going get to get to shore with a lot less effort and, and a lot less time than if you're trying to swim there on your own. So, so your question was, how do, how do entrepreneurs find these tectonic shifts? One strategy is to do what I did and go look at what the experts are saying, right? Go find what trends are being predicted by, by industry experts or by experts in your niche. A lot of times those trends are being adapted in other niches, but they have not been brought to your niche yet. It's a concept in, in MBA programs, they call it cool hunting, where you find something that's already been proven successful in a different niche and then you bring it to your niche. Uh, Uber is a great example of that, right? There were a lot of people that had already done um, mobile business models and mobile apps that had been proven successful and had worked. And so Uber saw this great opportunity and they created an amazing app for the car transportation industry um, and, and uh, leveraged it in their specific niche. So I guess secret number one is find what industry marketing experts are talking about. Secret number two is find what other people have done in other niches that have been incredibly successful and then figure out how to bring that to your niche. I'd add to that, and it's something you and I, and I remember talked about you know, when we were doing consulting together, is I think you shared with me the example of how Southwest Airlines identified that their competition wasn't just other airlines. They also said our competition is any other means of getting travelers from one point to another. And so they looked at Greyhound buses, for example, or Amtrak and said, we're also competing with them. So I think there's some value there to, to looking beyond just your immediate competitors, but saying who else or what other industries uh, also are satisfying a part of the, the demand. Yeah, that's right. I think another strategy is to to take a core principle that's transforming the business landscape, but a tectonic shift, and then just say, how do I implement this in my business, right? So you may not know the specifics of what you need to do, but you know a principle that needs to be applied, if that makes sense. So for example, you look at almost every single one of the tech giants in the world today. They are all going the direction of recurring revenue. You look at Amazon has done Amazon Prime and, and you know, click to subscribe. 
you look at Disney and Disney Plus, you, you look at Google and, and all of the subscriptions they've added to their business model, all of them are doubling and tripling down on recurring revenue. So if you see something like that happen by the tech giants and, and you're in a, a small little space, right? You, you then ask yourself the question, how do I leverage recurring revenue in my niche? If you're a cookie company, right? You make, you have a cookie shop, right? You, you figure out how you can do recurring cookie deliveries to businesses or something. Find a strategy that's working and then, and try to apply it to your business to create a tectonic shift in your industry. Excellent. I love it, Nathan. That's, those are great examples of uh, how we can, as entrepreneurs and business owners, look for, identify tectonic shifts and how to apply them to, to our business. And I take away from that a lot of creativity. Just, just take time. Like you said, you did it while you were sick during COVID, right? And you had to, you, you couldn't work you know, you, you're limited in, in what you could do. And it gave you that opportunity to take the time to just think. And I think that's critical. Now, I, I'd like to, if I may, if I may, go back to your credibil- credibility marketing framework. You've mentioned this a few times. And if you've, if you've got the time, I'd love to dive deeper into credibility marketing framework. And, um, you know, what, what are the benefits of that credibility marketing. I think you've touched on it kind of high level, but if we'll go deeper into that. And then you've also mentioned when we were talking about this credibility spiral, and I'd love for you to share that with us as well. Sure. Okay, so let's dive into the credibility marketing framework first. Uh, There's 12, what we call foundations that are part of that framework. So number one is you, you must be credible. Before you market credibly, you have to be credible. Credibility marketing isn't about faking it. Isn't about pretending to be something you're not and, and telling the world you're credible. Because if you pretend to be that in this digital world, it will be discovered, right? The, and it'll come out in reviews. And at the foundation, you've, you've got to, you've got to have the expertise. You've got to do what you say you're going to do. You've got to, you know, keep your commitments, exceed expectations. You have to be credible. The second uh, foundation of the credibility marketing framework is passion marketing. And too many businesses, they come from a product-centric model. They build a product, they try to decide the product or service that they want to sell, and then they go try to find someone to buy it. I propose that you flip that on its head and you start with a customer. You identify your target customer first, And then you go to that target customer and you understand what we call the level 10 passion. What are the passions that drive their lives? Uh, The reason this is so important is like, I I remember Byron, when you and I were kids, how how many TV stations do you, did you guys have at home? I'm going to guess maybe five or six, probably six. Yeah. I remember when we had four, maybe I'm remembering wrong. And then we got channel 45. Remember that? Um, Ah! The fifth one, I think that was, maybe that was the sixth one. And it was so cool because we had, you know, one more station to watch, right? <laughs> there was no such thing as TV on demand. There was no, we, we didn't have cable. There was nothing, there was nothing like that. And, and we didn't have a lot of choices. Or do you remember, Byron, when you, when you wanted to buy something, like you wanted to go buy some new shirts or something, right? What did you do? You saved up your money and then where did you go? 
to the store. Yeah, you go to maybe Fiesta Mall or something like sure. that. And you walk yeah. around and there might have been like five five or six store shops that might have shirts you could buy. And, and you were limited to buy what was ever, whatever they were selling in, in those few shops. But today, if you want to buy something, you know, you go to Amazon and there's 330 million products on Amazon, right? And that's just one website. And if you, if you want to watch something, if you have an extra hour and you can watch something, there are more TV shows and videos and um, movies that you have on demand, you can watch, you know, with every hour, there's, there's more created than you could ever watch in a lifetime. Right. Right. And, and so it used to be, you created a good TV show and it was successful because there, there weren't a lot of competitors. You created a good product and it, it did well because there wasn't a lot of competition. But, but in today's world, when you have 330 million products to choose from, or, you know, thousands of TV shows to, or movies, videos to watch with every hour you have, being good is no longer good enough. That's not an acceptable business model. And so the way to solve this is you find your target audience um, and you find their level 10 passions. You find what drives their life. And then you build your product or your service around those level 10 passions. So that's number two in the credibility marketing framework is passion marketing. Number three is platform ownership. And uh, we've discussed this a little bit on the show already. Um, you need to not build a skyscraper on land that someone else owns, that Amazon or Facebook or Google can take away from you. You need to own your relationships with your customers. You need to own your content. You need to own you know, the platform upon which you're building your business. Number four is providing value. Instead of um, getting an email address, or a phone number and immediately trying to make a sale, uh, we first need to provide value. There are lots of ways to do this. And having a show is a great way to do this, right? Give content, valuable content related to a topic um, to your ideal customers is a great way to provide value before you try to do a sale. You've seen people do this lots of other ways through giving away eBooks and surveys and, and uh, challenge courses. There's lots of ways to do it, but a show is a great way to do it. The fifth foundation of, of the credibility marketing framework is to be an influencer. And you, you be an influencer by publishing. You take that platform that you have, such as your show, and you consistently publish to that platform. That helps establish you as an authoritative figure. It helps you find your voice um, and, and refine your message. Uh, the sixth foundation of the credibility marketing framework is customer influencers. So it's taking the people that have already done business with you and helping them become influencers. We do this with testimonial videos. We do this with, with reviews or ratings or getting, helping them refer to friends. And the seventh uh, foundation of credibility marketing framework is industry influencers. And these are the influencers that people traditionally call influencers. These are the people that are the bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers um, in, in a specific industry and figuring out how to work with them. And again, best way to work with them is provide value to them first before you ever ask them to do anything. Get them on your show, promote what they care about. The eighth foundation of the credibility marketing framework is event influence. And, and this is going to an event and and being a speaker in an event, not just 
having a trade show booth. A trade show booth is a salesperson. And how many of us like to talk to salespeople? But if you are a speaker at an event, you're being, you've been vetted by a credible source who said that you're credible enough to speak at their event and your message is providing credible value to the audience. Uh, the ninth foundation of credibility marketing framework is leveraging third-party platforms. So this is like working with Amazon or Facebook or Google. You need to work with these platforms, right? We need to get in search engines. We need to put our products on Amazon. We need to put our books on Audible, right? Leverage those platforms, but then figure out how to get them back to your platform. If you're going to write a book and put it on Amazon, have a free workbook for every, a free digital workbook for everyone who buys your book, promote it in your, your Audible book. And instead of Audible having the customer contact information and you not being able to reach out to anybody, give away that free digital workbook or, or some other product or service to, to people who buy your book. They buy that product or service from you or that ebook from you, you get their contact information and you get them on your email list where you can market to them directly next time. The 10th foundation of credi the credibility marketing framework is online reputation management. Uh, when people find out about us, so they do a generic search, let's say you are an adoption agency. So the first search might be adoption. Then when they become exposed to you, become aware of your business, they then start doing a different type of search and that's searches for you. They might look for your specific adoption organization. Then when they start doing specific searches about your business name, what do they find? I recommend that everybody go do that. Go search for the name of the CEO, go search for the name of the business, go search for the name of your product and figure out what they find. You want to flood those pages with good information about you from many different sources, get interviews about you, get review, great reviews about you, get blog posts about you, get press releases about you, media posts about you, fill the search engines with great things. So when people look for that information, they find uh, great things that positively influence them to go forward with, with a purchase with you. The 11th foundation of, of credibility, the credibility marketing framework is employee influencers. The people who work for us are surprisingly credible to the outside world. Um, and I guess it's not so surprising because people believe they have the inside scoop. They know what's going on. They know if you really are doing a good job. They know if you really are providing good customer service. They know if your software really works. And so if you can allow your employees to have a voice and uh, motivate your employees to talk about you uh, to the world that can have a, a phenomenal amount of credibility. And then the 12th and final uh, foundation of the credibility marketing framework is credible communication. A lot of times businesses are credible, but the world doesn't know it. And so this is how we market and talk to the world in a credible way. Uh, this is using for example, videos. A video review of a customer is 100 times more effective than, than a text review to post on your website. So always post a video review if you can get it. Uh, another great example is storytelling. There's a great quote that says, if you want somebody to, uh, to know the truth, teach them. If you want someone to love the truth, tell them a story. And if you can figure out how to tell your message through a story, it's going to be far more engaging, far more memorable, 
they're going to internalize it and, and it just take a lot more action than if you just tell them the facts. So those are the, the 12 foundations of the credible marketing framework. Do you have any comments or questions about that, Byron? I love it. No, those are great. I, I took several notes here of, of some of these things that I'm like, I didn't do that. Those are <laughs> <laughs> I think you've mentioned all these before over time, but I certainly haven't implemented all of them. Thank you. That's, that's hugely valuable. So um, is there anything you want to speak to with regard to, or maybe you've covered enough as far as the, the benefits of you utilizing this credibility marketing framework. Yeah. In my book, we go into depth about 11 or 12 of the big benefits that happen from credibility marketing. And I'll just hit very quickly four of them. The first major benefit that comes from credibility marketing is when customers trust us, they're willing to buy from us and pay us more. 90% of consumers are willing to pay more for something when it comes from a brand they trust. And 92% of, of B2B business buyers um, are more likely to purchase after reading a trusted review. So uh, credibility drives revenue and, and higher price sales. The second big benefit from credibility marketing is that when customers trust us, they are more likely to refer others to us. Referrals are, are the holy grail of, of advertising. I mean, in, in my consulting practice, all of 100% of my consulting clients either came from a referral or came from LinkedIn. And 83% uh, of customers are willing to refer after a positive shopping experience. It's according to Nelson. So, so drive referrals. Who doesn't want more referrals? The third big benefit of credibility marketing is credibility improves loyalty and retention. So in the U.S., about 82% of customers say they're likely to continue doing business with a brand they trust even if another brand comes along and becomes a trend, even if someone comes along and offers it for less money, we often can keep people if we've built that loyalty and credibility is the way to do that. A lot of times those new entrants don't have the credibility we've been able to build with our customers. And then the fourth benefit that we can talk about a little bit is uh, credibility increases our exposure and reach. When we're credible, we get invited to speak at more events. When we're credible, more people share our content. When we're credible, our customers refer more. When we're credible, we get invited on more podcasts. When we're credible, we're invited to, to work with more influencers. When we're credible, more people link to us. When we're credible, we're mentioned more in the media. Uh, lots of different ways we can increase our reach and exposure by, by building our credibility. So in my mind, in, in understanding how, how, this, how credibility works and drives businesses, um, I envision a spiral. So think of a spiral that, that's constantly going up. And when you start a relationship with somebody, you start at like the zero point. Think of like the middle of the spiral. And, and they don't know you. Now, if they were referred to you by somebody, they're going to come in higher on the spiral. They're automatically going to be several rungs up um, in, in that spiral. So for example, I'm going to go to dinner this weekend with three of my cousins, Tanya and Tandy and uh, Dave Richardson. So three of your cousins as well. We needed some recommendations of a restaurant in Idaho Falls that we would go to. And I wanted to, to recommend some good restaurants to them. So what did I do? I went to Google reviews and I found the, the best rate. I made sure to check the, the rating for each of the restaurants that I was recommending to them. 
So uh, it, when I checked those reviews and saw the rating, that increased the restaurant in my credibility spiral, right? Each positive experience we have with, with a brand or a business or a product helps that elevate that, that person in the credibility spiral with that business. And each negative experience that we have lowers them in that credibility spiral. When we don't keep our promises, when our product doesn't work the way we told someone it would, when, when there's bugs that we don't fix, when it takes us too long to respond to an email, right? All of those things make us descend in the credibility spiral. So we're constantly either going up or we're going down in this credibility spiral. And for each product or service or I call it each investment that a person needs to make. Even if we give something away for free with each product or service, there's not just the price you pay financially, but there's the price you pay of the time or even your reputation of buying that product or service. And so for the, the combined investment of reputation and time and money that somebody has to buy, has to, has to make for your product or service, they have to be at a certain point in that credibility spiral. And if you're buying, for example, a, a pack of gum, right, in, in the, at the grocery store, right, that requires very little time, that requires very little cost. Um, people probably aren't going to know what kind of gum I bought. So there's, there's not a lot of reputation at stake. So that doesn't, you don't have to be very high in that credibility spiral. Now, you may have to be high enough that the people feel safe because they're putting food in their body, right? You, may, you might have to have good enough packaging and whatever. The brand may need to be trusted enough that you, you feel safe that there's not preservatives or things, you know, dangerous things in the product. But that's probably the only hurdle you have to get, a, or, or, or maybe you have to have enough trust it's going to taste good or something like that. But you only have to have a little bit of trust and you only have to be a little ways up that credibility spiral to get somebody to buy some bubblicious gum at the grocery store. But let's say you were buying adoption services, right? And let's say that like having a child, bring a child in your home is, is one of the greatest desires of you and your spouse of, of anything, right? And let's say you're going to make a $50,000 investment for adoption services because of the cost, because of the importance to you. And, and because of all, you know, how the legal side of adoption is such a big deal. You need someone that's not going to mess it up. You know, you have to have someone you can trust. So in that situation, the person is going to have to be very high in your credibility spiral. You can't just run an ad and expect someone to sign up for your adoption agency. You have to nurture and, and establish credibility um, with that individual before you try to sign them up for your services and get them to pay. So that's the credibility spiral. And, and people wonder why people don't buy, right? You get an email, you get a phone number. You send out a spam message that hurts your credibility. And then you wonder why nobody buys. And it's because you're, you're in this negative deficit in this credibility spiral. And you've got to realize that, okay, what kind of product or service am I selling? I've got to be up here for people to be willing to buy my product or service. What do I have to do to elevate them, right? Do I need to do a show and give them value? Do I need to give away a free ebook? Do I need to do a, an online course that's free or inexpensive? Do I need to do an event? Do I need to get more reviews? Do I need to, what, what are the things that I can do to elevate them high enough on my credibility spiral to where they can, I call it the action point. So what, what is the action point for my product? And then 
How do I build the credibility enough with them to get them to the action point where it's then easy to convert them to a sale? Awesome. So Nathan, it's, it's great. You've shared a tremendous amount of insight and, and uh, knowledge with us today. And so understanding the, the concepts uh, and, and, and these principles is really helpful, but, but the real challenge is in the executing of them, right? And, and taking these ideas and, and actually implementing them. So what do you suggest as far as, and I know to an extent, maybe that's what show platforms really can help with, but, but what, um, if it's that, how does show platform help or, or other ideas you have as far as how do we take as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, take these ideas and actually implement? Sure. So there's been times in my career where I've had more time than money. And there's been times in my career where I've had more money than time. Okay, so if I was in a spot in my career where I had more time than money, um, I would be looking for a do-it-yourself solution, a DIY. And that's what show platform, that's the audience show platform is built for, where it's a software platform that's relatively inexpensive that can help people leverage these three tectonic shifts of credibility marketing, owning your own platform, and online shows. If I was in the spot where I had less time and, and had some more resources, um, I would look at a solution like show agency. And that's what we built that for. It's a, a digital marketing and production agency that helps people leverage these three tectonic shifts, credibility, marketing, uh, having your own platform and online shows. We have the designers and we have the developers. We have the, the writers and, and the editors that, that can help you execute uh, these strategies. And then if you're in the middle, if you're more of a kind of a done with you kind of a person, um, you're probably looking for coaching and, and we can help you with that as well, where, where we don't do it for you, but we are, are there providing coaching you and holding your hand through the process and assisting you. Uh, for most of my career, I wasn't in a spot. I thought I could afford coaching. And, and lately I've been hiring more uh, coaches and I found that it really helps me get places a lot faster than trying to do it all myself. Perfect. Excellent. I love that. That's a great uh, synopsis of, and we each know where we are on that spectrum of more time or more resources, more money, and, uh, and what the best way is to, to leverage whichever of that we have more of. Thank you, Nathan. This has been phenomenally insightful and valuable, and I really appreciate your time. And I'm excited for your, your current venture show platforms and, and everything that it's doing. Did you say 18 modules? How many modules did you say it has? So about two months ago, when we launched, three months ago, when we launched to the beta customers, we launched it with 18 modules. But when it launches on March, so it's going to launch on 03-13-23. So March, March 13th. Show Platform 1.0 will be launched and it will be live with more than 35 different modules. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Wonderful, thank you, Nathan, for your time. And I think this is one of those episodes or interviews at, that the, our audience will wanna to listen to again to pick up uh, 
these nuggets that you shared with us. So I really appreciate your time. Nathan, if, if our audience wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Nathan Gwilliam on LinkedIn is a great way to do that. Uh, my email is nathan at showplatform.com uh, and visit our website at showplatform.com or showagency.com. Perfect. Excellent. And William is William with a G. G That's correct. G-I-L-L-I-N. Perfect. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It was great talking again with Nathan about the ways business owners can leverage the changes and the shifts that are occurring in today's business landscape. One key takeaway for me was how important it is to look at the changes that occur in other fields and consider how that could be translated to the fields you're in. To me, this is such a valuable idea. It puts you ahead of the curve and lets you lead change in your own niche. I also found it important to look at what industry experts are discussing and look at how their ideas can affect your business. And of course, the huge takeaway is the credibility framework that Nathan laid out for us. The emphasis on how credibility, not advertising, is what influences customers' decisions of who to do business with is crucial. Establishing credibility in a number of ways will also drive loyalty and customer retention, something vitally important in today's environment. I'm excited to see how I can adapt my business to take advantage of these tectonic shifts that are occurring right now, and I hope you are as well. Thank you for joining us on Funding Quest, and we look forward to you joining us next time.